0: football, T.Y. Hilton, PGA Championship, and some last words. Valley Sports Talk begins right now. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another edition of the Valley Sports Talk podcast brought to you by the Soundline Network, as always. I am your host, Chris LaVallee. Hope you all are doing well. College football is where we're going to kick off this week's pod. We're going to talk about the fact that there are three conferences so far that have canceled their football season look at the absurdity of the fact that they think that they're going to restart in the spring and just my issue with it altogether. So we'll start with the fact that these conferences think that they're going to uh, restart in the spring. So we have have the three conferences, the Pac-12, the Big East, and the Big Ten who have all decided to cancel their football season due to COVID-19. They're not going to resume in the spring. It's not going to happen. Springtime football is in the height of flu season. If you're concerned about the pandemic now, you're going to be even more concerned about it come flu season. Because unless there's a vaccine that comes out in January or February, there ain't going to be any college football in the spring. Because you're not going to be able to convince people that right now is more dangerous than in the wintertime. Because spring, quote-unquote, spring football is not really spring that people are thinking of. It's not going to be April, May, and June, or May, June, and July. It's going to be January and February is when they're going to have their training camps. March is when the season's going to start because they have to finish the season prior to the NFL draft and give NFL owners and scouts enough time to evaluate all of these players that didn't play in the fall. The other thing that comes into play here, which is completely hypocritical of these leagues, especially the Big Ten, I don't know about all the Big E schools, and I really don't know about the Pac-12 schools because the majority of the Pac-12 schools are out in California, and California's a whole different freaking animal in and of itself with how they govern. In the pack in in the Big Ten, you have schools like Michigan, Nebraska, and Ohio State that are all opening their campuses like normal. They're having full classes, in classroom classes, they're opening up their dormitories. Everyone's gonna be back on campus. So let me get this straight. You're okay with your school completely opening up. That doesn't concern you about COVID, but somehow football with Guys in a controlled bubble-like environment within the football program who are going to get tested every day, who's going to have doctors, nutritionists, and these coaches watching their every freaking move because that's how college football is. Even before the pandemic, that's how college football was. It's like military school. It's the same thing. So you're going to have all these college football players who are going to be monitored daily. That's going to get canceled, but yet you're going to open up your campus like normal. That makes no sense. Absolutely no sense. What do you think is going to happen when you open up the campus as normal? College kids are going to act like everything is normal. If you think a college kid – now, I'm not saying that, you know, maybe they'll they'll wear their masks during school while they're in the classrooms, all that crap. But if you think they're not going to go out and party at night, you're out of your mind. You are absolutely out of your mind. College kids that age think that they're supermen, women. They think they're invincible. Nothing's going to happen to them. If you honestly think you're going to be able to monitor them at nighttime, go screw yourselves because we all know that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So you have a controlized environment within a football program. You're going to cancel that outright, but yet you're going to open up your school full bore. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. To me, it's, there's a political underlining that's going on here. Um, and I'm not going to go down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, but to me, this, this is all political. This is people are trying to get quote unquote woke points here. And it's been said that the, that the big 10, um, the commissioner of the big 10 wants to be the NFL commissioner. And all of these writers now are talking about how brave the big 10 commissioner is. You're not brave by making a stupid fucking decision that doesn't make you brave. But because the media likes him and is fawning all over him right now because apparently canceling a football season is considered the right thing to do when it makes absolutely no sense given the scientific data. But, you know, who who am I to say or judge? This guy's got an underlining goal, and that's to become an NFL commissioner one day. He's a joke. The Big Ten commissioner is a joke. I think his name is Bowlesby. I think that's his last name. Regardless, the dude's an ass. The, the Big Ten should not have canceled football. None of these, none of these conferences should have canceled football, because not only have you screwed your season ticket holders, have you screwed your donors. You are also screwing your players. You have a, a quarterback like Justin Fields for Ohio State, who is a presumptive top five pick. He's right behind Trevor Lawrence, I believe, in Todd McShay's dra- uh, draft board as far as being a 1-2 quarterback match. There was even people who were saying Justin Fields could overtake Trevor Lawrence, possibly. I don't think so, because I think Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback to come out of college since Andrew Luck. But Justin Fields played phenomenal football last season. But now you have somebody like, like Justin Fields, who has now lost his season. Now, there are talks that he may try to transfer to an SEC school or an ACC school who, or a Big 12 school. All three of those conferences are still... Going forward with football, at least at the time of me recording this podcast, obviously things could change quickly, but there's talks about him looking to transfer or other players looking to transfer. And frankly, they should, they should, and it's nothing against their schools necessarily because the majority of these schools want to play like Jim Harbaugh wrote an op-ed or an open letter saying, we want to play football. You've had um, Scott, who is the Nebraska head coach who has flat out said, we want to play football. Ryan Day, who's the coach of Ohio State, has said the exact same thing. All these players want to play. We want to play. We want to see this happen. There's also talks about these schools looking to join the other conferences for the season so they can still play football. Which, if those other conferences are willing to take on Ohio State or Michigan, Nebraska, um, Penn State, you, you know, like just go down the list. If they're willing to take them on, I believe they can do that. I, I don't know the, I don't know the intricacies of how conference alignments work and how school like I don't know if they can just leave a conference, um, and what the what the repercussions are going to be that in the future. I mean, I, I presume that if if schools like Ohio State and Michigan tell the the Big Ten to go pound sand, they're going to go join the SEC or the Big Twelve or the ACC or whatever for the year the big 10's probably going to welcome them back next year because they make a shitload of money for the conference. I mean they are two they're two of the biggest biggest college program football programs in the country. A school like Nebraska though that doesn't make as much money. I don't know if they're going to have the same cachet to be able to tell the big 10 to go pound sand and then go join another conference. If they go and join another conference, the uh, the big 10 could tell Nebraska, well now you're on the outside looking in, we're not bringing you back. So, I mean, there, there are these, um, these underlying issues, obviously, that need to be ironed out. But anyway, my, my thought about this in general is that college football should happen. It should. The, these conferences, I think, are being premature with their cancellations. They just don't make sense. To me, there is definitely a political underlying going on here. Uh, clearly, with the Big Ten commissioner, who wants to be an NFL commissioner. And so he's trying to get woke, quote-unquote, woke points from the mainstream media of saying, hey, look at me, look at me. Look at how brave I am for canceling a football season. Again, you're not brave. You look like an asshole. You don't look smart right now, especially when your school or your schools in general are opening up your campuses to every student imaginable. Like, if you don't think that's going co- uh, to spread COVID, then you're out of your mind. That makes no, it, just, it blows my mind how stupid this is. But anyway, college football should be happening. I really hope and pray that the SEC commissioner, the ACC commissioner, and the Big 12 commissioner do not buckle, and they allow this to happen. Look, if COVID spreads through the football programs to an alarming degree, then yeah, all right, fine, cancel the season, and I'll say I was wrong. But if you look at the science, and again, people who like to say— oh, you got to look at the science, you got to look at the science, only like to look at the science when it fits their narrative. According to the data that I have read and that I've, I've listened to people talk about, college kids, regardless of if they're athletes or not, college kids are more likely to get struck by lightning or die in a car accident on their way to or from campus. So they're more likely to die in those ways than if they get infected with COVID-19. Because unless they have an underlying health care, Condition Obviously, if they have diabetes, obesity, they've had cancer, or they just they have some sort of underlying, especially if, if obviously they have some sort of um, heart condition, then yes, then they are at risk. But if they don't have any of those things, it's going to pass through them like a regular bug or a flu or a cold. They're going to get the sniffles. They're going to cough a little bit. They're going to need a week to get over it, and then they'll be fine. They'll move on. But again, nobody wants to use those studies. They just want to use all the fear porn that's out there to make everybody think that college football kids are going to die if they play college football. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. There's enough data out there now to prove that that's not the case. But again, that's not the narrative that... The mainstream media wants you to read or wants you to consume. And again, why all these college football writers out there are rooting for the season not to happen makes no sense to me. It just They make no sense to me. You have Clay Travis out there who talks about the woke bros in the media, people like Dan Woken and um, Darren Ravel and others who have been pushing this negative connotation about playing college football. And then you have the other writers out there who actually need college football to happen because that's how they get paid. So you have the national syndicated writers that get paid regardless because again they have expected, they expected they have a contract with whether it's Bleacher Report, the Athletic, ESPN, Yahoo Sports, you name it, USA Today. They they get paid regardless of if college football happens. They're just supposed to write a column every day about their opinion of what's going on in sports. They get paid regardless. But then you have these college football writers who are in, like I consider them like minor league writers because they get paid per per article they write. So if they' if college football doesn't happen they don't have a job they've now lost their income for the year it just it, to me the whole thing just makes no sense it, it's it's so convoluted it's so screwed up I really hope like I said I really hope that the other three conferences choose to uh, to keep going on with the with this season um, I'm rambling here so I'm going to end the segment here we've got three three conferences so far that've said no to college football we have the three main conferences that are still saying yet or Three, Two of the three that said, no, Big East does not count as a main college um, football powerhouse. That, that's obviously bullshit. But there are still three main college football powerhouse conferences that are still going through with the season so far. I hope that continues. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's get into some NFL talk. All right, so NFL corn is going to be kind of short and sweet this week. Last week, I bombarded you guys with my QB tears and Talked a lot of NFL. This week, I just want to keep it short and sweet. Um, Really, we're just going to talk about my Colts for a second. I was reading an article yesterday about T.Y. Hilton and that the fact that his contract is up at the end of the season. He was asked about it, and he said that um, it's up to the Colts as to whether or not they want to give him an extension. The Colts better not fuck this up. Chris Ballard has been brilliant since he became the GM. T.Y. Hilton is the Indianapolis Colts. He has been a consistent excellent receiver for the Colts. The Colts offense is not the same without him on the field. That's been shown in spades when TY has been injured in the past. TY is the best receiver on the Colts, not even close, hands down. And he's, to me, he's one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. He's a top 10 wide receiver. People don't think of TY because he's not, you know, everyone, when you talk about the top wide receivers, you think of Odell, well, maybe not Odell anymore, but you used to think of Odell. You think of, um, uh uh shit what the hell's his name from well now he's on the now he's on the Cardinals he used to be on Houston he's my favorite wide receiver and I can't think of his name DeAndre Hopkins you have Hopkins you got Odell you think of um Jones the list goes AJ Green still Larry Fitzgerald you think of all of these receivers T.Y. Hilton never seems to get the pub that he deserves yes maybe I'm a little biased because I'm talking about the Colts here but T.Y. Hilton look at his numbers T. Y. Hilton's a great wide receiver. Anyway, the Colts better not fuck this up. They better figure out an extension. I understand that the colt that the the Colts front office has come out and they've said, look, due to COVID, we're kind of limiting our. Um, right now, we're limiting what we're going to do about signing players because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't. They're trying to see what's going to happen as far as television revenue is concerned, money, all that crap. Don't screw this up, guys. I don't care what you have to pay T. Y. Hilton. You keep him. He's come out and he's, he has said, to T.Y. Hilton's credit, usually you hear, you hear receivers nowadays or you hear star NFL players be like, eh, it's, on the, it's on the team, but if the team doesn't pay me, I'm not going to play. That's on T.Y.'s position. Due to class act, Guy said, look, I get it. It's a business. This may be my last season wearing the horseshoe. And if it is, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to give them my all like I have every single season I've ever been there. If that quote right there, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but if if that's not the type of player you want on your team, I don't want to root for you anymore. That's the type of leadership we need in sports in general. Not this arrogant bullshit like Ezekiel Elliott of, oh, if you don't play me, I'm going to go take a vacation for a while. Until you do pay me, screw you type of deal. And then he bounces and goes on vacation and then makes the team cave to his whims. no. I'm not about that. I'm about players who give 150% regardless of if things are going their way or not. And that's that's who T.Y. Hilton is. T.Y. Hilton is a leader. He's somebody that other players should emulate to be like. He's a class act, clear and simple. The dude's a class act. Colts need to resign him. If they don't, I'm going to be pissed. I'm now, I was mad at the Colts when they, when they pushed Peyton Manning out the back door. Fortunately, we got Andrew Luck, so my uh, me being angry with them was very, very short-lived. However, you cannot allow a player and a role model like T.Y. Hilton walk out the back door because if you do, you're going to regret it. All right, so everything is stupid. I'm actually going to talk about a player that I love who I've actually kind of hitting the pump of the brakes a little bit on this dude uh, given his recent comments. So, we're talking about the PGA Championship in this segment, specifically everything is stupid is going to be focused in on my man Brooks Kepka, who I was pretty disappointed with not just with his play over the weekend, but also his comments that he made on Saturday. But real quick, I want to shout out to uh, Colin Morikawa, who was the 20 22 23 Twenty-three year old, twenty-two year old, who uh, who won the PGA Championship this past weekend. He won. Um, he played an exceptional, exceptional final round, hitting one of the greatest golf shots I've ever seen in my life, uh, which ended up his drive. He he drove to the green on a very um, easy fourteenth hole or fifteenth hole. No, it was fourteenth hole. I think I don't know. My my memory sucks right now. Anyway, the dude hit a drive of his life and then eagled on that hole, which gave him a two-shot or st- two-stroke lead, and that he never gave up. It was just phenomenal. That kid was brilliant to watch. I'm pumped for him, man. He's that he's the youngest player. I think he joined Tiger, Tiger, Jack, and Rory as the uh, the four youngest players to ever win the PGA Championship. So, I mean, that's. That's a pretty exceptional list right there. So good for that kid. Um, Pump for him. Uh, the rest of the leaderboard, uh, Paul Casey, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, all came in. I'm sorry, Paul Casey and Dustin Johnson tied for second uh, with 11 under. And then you had uh, Jason Day, who came in at 10 under. It was it was a really exceptional round, um, PGA Championship. I don't know if you guys watched it. If you didn't, you missed an awesome Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday were great. I was dead wrong about the people that I told you to watch. I should never be allowed to predict golf majors. I'm pretty good about tournaments, I'm okay with, but golf majors, don't ever listen to me. Just don't. I told you to watch Phil Mickelson. He barely made the cut. I told you Tiger Woods wouldn't make the cut. He barely made the cut, but still, I was wrong. Uh, I told you to watch Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth played like booty-booty-butthole the entire weekend. He looked god-awful. And I told you that Brooks Kepa wasn't going to contend, and he was contending all the way into Saturday, and then he choked on Sunday, which I'm going to touch on again in one second. I'm trying to think. I think there was another play. Oh, I told you to watch Ricky Fowler. He didn't make the cut. Don't ever listen to me. when I Whenever I tell you who I think is going to win with the majors, just go with whomever else is out there. Just take the field. Don't take what I tell you, because I suck at predicting majors. Anyway. All right, so let's get back to the meat of this podcast. So Brooks Kepka was two shots behind the lead uh, going into Sunday. Okay, so Saturday night afterwards, he was interviewed about, um, you know, how he felt about going into Sunday, specifically about the fact that Dustin Johnson was in the lead. Now, quick backstory before I give you the quote: There's a backstory about how Kepka and Dustin Johnson used to be buddies back in the day. They they worked out together. They um, they used to live together, I think, for a short period of time. Like they they had like this buddy buddy type of thing going on. Kepka came out about a year ago and said that all of that stuff was completely overblown and fabricated. They weren't best friends. So whether they were friends, whether they're not friends, whether they're just kind of whatever. Regardless, these comments from Kepka rose my eyebrows and, and also did not make too many people on the tour happy. So Kepka again was asked how he felt about going into Sunday, being two shots behind Dustin Johnson, and he said, and I quote, when I've been in this position before I've capitalized, said the four-time major winner Kepka, he, Dustin Johnson, has only won one. I'm playing good. I don't know. We'll see. Now, that comment did not sit well, specifically with Rory McIlroy. I love McIlroy mainly because I think he's the classiest guy in golf. He, he's, just, he's just a nice dude. He really, like, overall, the dude's just a nice dude. It's kind of hard not to root for somebody who's just as nice as, as Rory. Not to mention the fact that Rory's one of the best players in the world. Dude's also a really, really nice guy. So he commented on Sunday after his round because it was brought up about uh, Kepka's comments. And this is what Rory had to say about it. He said, is it a very it's very difficult mentally to bring to golf... That I, don't, that I don't think a lot of golfers have, said McIlroy of Kepka's comments. I was watching the golf last night and heard the interview and was just sort of taken aback a little bit by what he said and whether or not he was trying to play mind games or not. If he was trying to play mind games, he was trying to do it with the wrong person. I don't think DJ, meaning Dustin Johnson, really give gives much concern about that. He added, I certainly wouldn't say it. It's different. I wouldn't disrespect someone who has 21 PGA Tours, PGA Tour wins, which is three times what Brooks has. Ouch. Like, that was, look, as far as I'm concerned, what McElroy said was 100% spot on. What Kepka said was completely below the belt. I love the fact, I, I do. I love the fact that, that kepka has got, he's got moxie about him. He's, he's sure as hell has, definitely has some balls about him. And I like that. I like the fact that he was, he was the underdog a couple of years ago. No one ever gave him the time of day. And he used that as a chip on his shoulder, and I respected that. I thought that was great. Um, And I rooted for him. I rooted for Kepka. Like I've said a thousand times, Kepka was my new favorite golfer on the tour because the dude came from pretty much nowhere out of the pack and just started winning, 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 winning. It was awesome to watch. And I was like, hey, man, I'm rooting for this guy because nobody ever, no one was rooting for him. So I decided to start rooting for the guy. That's usually how it works for me anyway, I find an underdog that nobody talks about. I start rooting for him. He starts winning. And then everybody's like, oh, you're just jumping on the bandwagon. No, I wasn't jumping on the bandwagon. I was rooting for the guy prior to it. But anyway, enough about me. Anyway, so Kepka's comments, not only were they stupid and completely below the belt, he, he then shot four over on Sunday. So he didn't even back up his own Trash talk. I'm all about you trash talking. 100% behind it. You want to trash talk, as long as you can back it up, I'm okay with it. Kepka got humbled on Sunday and he got humbled hard. When you shoot a four over, when you're only two shots behind the leader and you don't even shoot even par, you shoot four over. I mean, if that doesn't humble you, I don't know what will. And I don't like the comments. I just, I don't like the comments. I, I don't, I don't root for people like that. As you guys can you guys have heard a thousand times on this podcast, I root for people that I think are good people. That doesn't always make for a winning formula. It doesn't. I mean, let's be real about it. A lot of times, the more arrogant and more douchey you are as a player, a lot of times you're you're winning. It's just I don't know what it is about it. I think it's just it's probably a mentality. Kepka, again, always seemed to have that moxie, that ballsy attitude, that arrogance. But it, was always, it always seemed to be self-contained. He never really spoke out about it. He made a comment, um, I think it was on Golf Digest earlier this season, where he talked about, look, like, I'm not friends with anybody on the tour. I'm, I don't want to give anybody an inch so they can see my game and then figure out ways that they can take advantage of me. I'm okay with that because that was the whole Michael Jordan thing. Michael Jordan was like, I'm not friends with any of y'all. We may be friends off the court, but on the court, I'm kicking your ass. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the fact that you don't want to give anybody an inch. You're not looking to be friends with anybody on tour. You can be friendly, but you're not looking to hang out with anybody off the course. That's cool. I'm okay with that. that. That doesn't bother me. That doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a competitor. Fine by me. But when you're calling out somebody else, trying to disrespect them and say that, well, you know, I've done this plenty of times and this other guy's only won one major. Yeah, but he's won a major. He's won a major. Like, Dustin Johnson has won a major. It's not like DJ has come up small every single time he's had the opportunity to win a major. Kepka has. He just did. He just came up smaller than mini-me this past Sunday. Not a good look, man. Not a good look. I'm not saying that I'm not going to root for Kepka, but I, I'm, not as, I'm not as bullish on him as I was prior to this past weekend. Like those type of comments, man, to me, they're just nasty and they're gross. If you want to prop yourself up and brag about yourself and talk about how great you are, I can live with that. I don't like it when other players tear other players down to try to make themselves feel better. To me, that's not, that's really not mental chess. That's just being an asshole. Like you're not gaining a competitive To me, that's not a competitive advantage. You talking about how good you are and also how bad. Crappy, another player is. To me, that's not that's not mental games. That just shows kind of who you are. That you're just not that great of a person. So I, again, I, like I said, I'll still root for Kepka, somewhat, but he's not my favorite golfer anymore. Just out of those comments alone, I've, I've all of a sudden, I'm, I'm like I said, I've hitting the brakes on him, and I'm I I just don't like it. I don't like people who talk shit like that. Again, I'm okay with you talking shit about yourself, saying, look, I'm the best. Look at what I've done in the past. I've come back plenty of times to win. So, you know, tomorrow's just going to be another Sunday and we'll see what happens. But I like my chances. Boom, done. Walk away. That's, I'm fine with a comment like that. And that's where Kepka should have ended it. He should have ended it with, well, I've been down before. You guys have seen what I've done in the past. I've won four or five majors. I've won five majors or four. Shit. So he won five or four. Now I gotta look this up because now I feel like an idiot because I'm trying to make a point and I'm not being factually accurate. So give me a second here. But anyway, the point that I'm trying to make though is that talk about your own accomplishments. I don't need you to talk about somebody else's accomplishments or lack thereof. Because again, that's not. Again, to me, that's not mind games. You're just being a dick. There's nothing. There's nothing positive about that. Uh, one, two, three. Okay. Right, so he's one. He's won four. Kepka's won four. His best overall record was he tied for second in last year's masters, and he tied for fourth in the Open championship. So he's won the PGA Tour twice. He's won the U.S. Open twice, or PGA championship twice. Again, man, do better. Brooks kept it just it was just a stupid comment to make. I I, I, just, I don't condone it. Maybe you guys do. And if you do, if you think that what Kepka said is okay, let me know I live out CH on Twitter. I mean, look, I'm open to to being told I'm wrong. I've no problem with you telling me that you think I'm wrong, or that what Kepka said is completely in bounds. I just don't think so. I also don't think it's in bounds. And I know this is Monday morning quarterbacking, but it's not in bounds when you go four over on the next day and drop from tied for for third, I believe he was going into Sunday, or tied for second going into Sunday, and then dropping to like 26th overall in the tournament. Like you completely plummeted. So, I don't know. That's just my opinion on this one. Let's, uh, let's go into some last words, and I'm going to talk about my buddy's new project. I think I've been rambling a little too much on this podcast. First segment, third segment, especially this past one with Kepka. But I was rambling a little too much, I think. Thinking back on it. I mean, when I do this podcast, I do it completely raw. I don't go back and edit it unless I say something absolutely egregious. Uh, but I try and keep keep this podcast as as raw and honest as possible. So really you guys just get whatever the hell comes out of my mouth at first glance. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's enough about me, enough about me. And I'm rambling again. So let's get into the whole point of this last word segment, which is my man, Austin space. Austin has created a brand new podcast, Uh, his own solo podcast. This has nothing to do with the network. I want to underlie that to begin with. This is all Austin Austin's own Austin space brand, He's got a new podcast out there called Pointless 64, and I'm not going to go into too much detail about it because it's not my thing to uh, to pitch you guys. Um, I'm going to pitch it to you in, in a certain way, but in order for you to really get it, you got to download the podcast. So I'm not going to give you away too, too much, but I do just want to say that the Pointless 64 podcast, is it's just a brilliant idea. Austin took the March Madness bracket and he kind of turned the concept on its head, meaning that... What he's doing in each season is he's coming up with a topic, a random topic, and then having him and two other panelists come on and debate what is the who is the best of a specific topic. So in the season one, it was baseball mascots. And I was fortunate enough, very lucky, to be asked by Austin to be one of his panelists in his first season, in which I sat there. We did six episodes and debated all baseball mascots. And it was a lot of fun. I am not the biggest baseball mascot person. I will be honest with you. I am not a fan of mat. It's not just baseball mascots. I'm not a big mascot person in general. But just sitting there. But I am also very stubborn. And I like to win. I am extremely competitive. So regardless of what it is, I want to win. So I, I ended up taking this, this, um, this challenge very seriously. So look, I'm not just pumping this podcast because I'm a part of it. I know that it it seems like I'm doing that. I swear to God, I'm not. Just because I'm a part of his first season is not why I'm telling y'all to download this podcast. Download the podcast because Austin's awesome. And whenever, like I've said it, I said it last week and I'm going to say it again. I've said it on, on this past episode of Richo and Lala. When Austin does something, it's always at 110%. The dude is just, he's, he's magic when it comes to coming up with topics, when it comes up with coming up with content in general. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a podcast, whether it's on Twitch, whether it's on YouTube, you name it, you name the medium. If Austin's doing something on it, it's great. It just is. So I highly recommend you take the time, check out Pointless64. It's available wherever it is that you get your podcast. You've got Anchor, you got your, your Spotify, iTunes. You name it, Google Play, you name it. Check it out. I promise you you will not be disappointed. Look, there's just there's something about Austin when Austin hosts something. It just it he just he has a way of just making it fun. Like when we started doing Spaceball. The whole point of Spaceball is for you to listen to Austin. It's not for you to listen to me. Okay, the, as much as Austin tries to pull me into Spaceball to get me to talk, you don't want to listen to me talk. You, you listen to me talk every week on 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 this podcast, and then you somewhat hear me when Richo, you know, lets me speak a little bit on Richo and Lala. But on Spaceball, the whole point of Spaceball, really, regardless of what Austin tells you, is for you to hear Austin talk because he's that engaging, and when he's hosting something, he it's just that much better. Think of him as the Regis Philman of podcasting. I think that's the best way to, to, to put it. Austin is the Regis Philman of podcasting, or really anything. The man can host anything. Just like Regis could host anything, Austin can host anything. He's just that talented, folks. He's just that good. Austin is awesome. So, look, do yourselves a favor. Be sure to check out Pointless64, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Also, you can check him out on Twitter. That's at underscore Austin space underscore. <music> All right, so real quick, before I close down the show here, I just want to say thank you to all of you out there who have been downloading specifically this podcast. I appreciate all the downloads that you do for the Sideline Network in general, but for me in particular, I just want to say thank you. My numbers have, have exponentially gone up over the past few weeks. So for those of you who are now downloading, the, A, that are new to the show, thank you for checking, it, checking me out. Secondly, for those of you who have pushed my podcast to other people, Thank you. I, I sincerely thank you for whatever it is that you are doing to get more people involved in the network and downloading this particular podcast. Thank you. Th- truly. Thank you very much. I, I I really do appreciate it. It's nice to see that w- what I'm talking about, people are interested in hearing. It just, it's just a good feeling. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, if again, if I if I didn't have any downloads, there would be no sense in me doing this. It would just be me talking to myself. So the fact that people are listening, you guys are taking the time to... to uh, To give me a chance and to to hear what I have to say about various topics, I appreciate it. And to those of you who have reached out to me on Twitter, whether it's positive or negative criticism, I appreciate it. I appreciate it all. The only way I'm going to get better is if I know what you like and what you don't like. And as far as I'm concerned, there's really no such thing as bad criticism, unless you're just mean and nasty. But as long as you have something constructive to say, I'm always open to hear it. So please keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the support. I love you guys. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Le Valley Sports Talk Podcast, brought to you by the Sideline Network. As always, thank you so much for tuning and listening. I greatly appreciate it. Please be sure to check me out on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. While you're there, you can check out all the other great podcasts we have for you from the Sideline Network, including Drinks with Dan, Richo's Rant, Spaceball, and Richo and Lala. And also, while you're there, it has nothing to do with the Sideline Network, but you still need to check it out anyway. It's Pointless64. It's Austin Space's brand-new project. As I talked about in my last Word segment, it's just... It's just an excellent pod. It's a lot of fun. It's interactive. You'll enjoy it. You can create your own bracket and do your own thing while you're listening to it. It's just, it's just great because honestly, Austin is awesome. So there really is no other plug than that. Be sure to check out Pointless Sixty Four. And again, you can find Austin Space at underscore Austin Space underscore. So give him a, uh, give him a little shout out. Let him know what you think of the pod. And that's it. I'm done. I promise. That's all I have for you this week. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend, and I'll talk to you all again soon.